It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Confidence starts with loving who you are. And when your skin feels nourished and glows on the outside, you naturally radiate confidence from the inside. Give your skin a glow up with Osea's clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This ultra-hydrating body care features two of Osea's bestsellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. These seaweed-powered heroes use skincare-level ingredients normally reserved for your face for results you can see and confidence you can feel. Osea has been making clean, clinically proven seaweed-infused face and body care products for over 28 years. This luxurious skincare is vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at OseaMalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A Malibu.com, code GLOW. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. As we welcome you along to the programme and I can already see uh, texts and WhatsApps coming into us at 0862103103 and I will take a look at those in a moment but I want to start with the news that we're, we've been hearing from Barry this morning that Gardaí are investigating an alleged assault that occurred at approximately 20 past one yesterday afternoon in Formoy. It's understood that the victim is a girl aged in her late teens. Now a man in his 30s was arrested in relation to this incident and he remains detained at Fomoy Guard the station but our news reporter Mairead uh, Tuhik joins us on this um, alleged attack. Uh, good morning to you Mairead. Good morning Patricia. Now at this point what do we know which happened at lunchtime yesterday? It did and I was listening there to, to Ralph Regal as you probably heard in the news he's the, he works for the Irish Independent and he lives in Formoy and that was one thing that Ralph said I mean it happened in broad daylight around 20 past one yesterday and on um, you know about 50 to 60 metres from the church it happened in the Chapel Square area of Formoy so absolutely frightening that it happened in broad daylight as you said there Patricia a man in his 30s was arrested yesterday evening and is being detained at Formoy Garda Station the latest we got from the Gardaí this morning is that he is still being detained and he can be held for up to 24 hours so that includes if you know if he had a rest break that that time will be taken out of the 24 hours so there uh, they are still investigating it. a girl in her late teens uh, we understand maybe 16 or 17 years of age and uh, this happened yesterday as I say around 20 past one yesterday the girl was taken to hospital treated for minor injuries and traumatised following the attack is what we're hearing and you can just imagine how absolutely frightening this must have been for the girl. Now we understand that the two males um, came to, I heard the screams and came to, to support her and uh, I understand that, that at least one of those males uh, was injured in this incident as well. So thank God those two young guys reacted so quickly to her screams. 
Absolutely, that's it, you know, and, and I understand that the attacker fled when, when they arrived. So they, they heard it, two young men, you know, they, they went to to try and help whatever way they could and, and they heard her screams. And I can imagine when you hear a scream like that, you know, it's 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 just frightening for all involved. And my thoughts go out to, to that poor girl and, and to all her loved ones. And um, and so we, we don't know yet whether this man is going to be released or he could be charged. So we're, we're waiting to see that. But he's being detained currently at Fumoy Garda Station. But obviously the Gardaí were very quick to react following this Absolutely. assault. They were. So what they said is that he was arrested last evening. So this attack happened during lunchtime yesterday. So they started their investigation and, and they identified him and, and he was arrested last evening um, and, and taken to, to Fumoy Garda Station. He's being detained under Section 4 of the Criminal Justice Act um, in the Garda Station. So that means he can be held for 24 hours where they'll have to decide then whether to release or to, to charge him. And um, and we'll be awaiting word from the Gardaí on, on what their decision is. And if he's being charged, it will be a court appearance to officially charge him. Um, so so we're waiting to see what what decision they'll make based on on their on his detention and their investigation. But I imagine nervousness um, and anger and shock in the town of Fomoy. Oh, absolutely. And, and again, as Ralph was saying, you know, people are just frightened. And, you know, the, the two, I suppose, like things when you when you think about this attack it happened at 20 past one in the middle of the day broad daylight and that had happened you know so close to the church in the town you know 50 to 60 meters away from it so it's absolutely frightening that they, that this happened and just shock and and dismay in in the town of Fumoy after something like this has happened and obviously Gardaí looking for anyone to contact them if they witnessed anything uh, yesterday absolutely. before or after that and, yeah has any information to, to go straight to the guards and you don't even have to go to Fomoy you could go to any guard station I'd imagine and they'd be happy to, to share that information okay. with their colleagues Alright if anything breaks during the morning we'll come back to you Mairead in the meantime thank you Perfect. for that and thanks uh, for joining thanks. us that is uh, Mairead uh, Tuig uh, one of our news uh, reporters and as I say real sense of shock I imagine in the town of uh, Fromoy and uh, please God that young girl will make a full recovery but you can imagine how traumatised she must be and her family must be for something like that to happen as Mairead said middle of the day broad daylight 20 past one yesterday most of us were probably having a bite of lunch and going about our business and this uh, attack was uh, happening God love her hopefully she'll make a full recovery and just actually yeah, I don't know how many people watched the was it a prime time programme that was on last night on domestic abuse I, I, I watched it and God, it was a tough watch. I have to say it really was. And can I just say how brave some of those women were to come out and to tell their stories? And the, the, and even though the abuse is behind many of these women and they're trying to get on with their lives, you can just still see how affected they were because of the domestic abuse that they suffered. It was uh, truly shocking. And Yana have been on to us uh, this morning, the North and uh, West Cork service uh, that offers um, help to domestic violence. Um, They've been on to us this morning just to say that, you know, they're very conscious of people that would have been watching that programme last night. And it was one of the things actually that struck me when I was when I was watching it. I was thinking of other women who are living with domestic violence 
and what that programme would have done for them last night and maybe, just maybe, it might help them to reach out because the one thing that did come out on a positive on that programme was for those that did reach out and where help was available, they did manage to escape the domestic violence. So Yana operates a service in East Cork and in uh, North uh, Cork they cover East Cork from Carrick to Yall, and their contact number for East Cork is 024-25389, 024-25389. And then in North Cork, they have offices in Mallow covering the wider North Cork area, 022-53915-53915. And they do phone appointments, our face-to-face consult- consultations at both the Yall and the Mallow offices. Uh, thanks to Siobhan and Yana from that, for that, who do great work. And of course, if you're in West Cork, there's the West Cork Women Against Violence. They have a free phone number, one 800 1-800-203-136 and Women's Aid obviously available nationwide to people 1-800-341-900 1-800-341-900 but please just to say to people to, to women and I, I know I'm bombarding people with numbers there but just to reach out that help is available and I know that first phone call uh, will and will probably be the hardest but it means you are please God on the road to escaping that type of violence and hopefully getting your life back to some kind of normality. Ellen Incana was on listening to our piece about that awful attack on that young girl in Formoy yesterday and Ellen Incana has made the point that the two young boys that came to the rescue of that girl, their parents should be very proud of them and Ellen, like the rest of us, hoping that the girl makes a full recovery. Yeah and, and one of them was injured and it was a minor injury but like to stand up to somebody like that is yeah, terrific yeah, and no doubt their parents are very proud of them and I should have mentioned that Ellen, I'm glad that you contacted us this morning. Thank you for that. Now, looking for your thoughts on Sean Fleming. Sean Fleming is the junior minister at the Department of Finance, isn't it? He's accused of being out of touch. This is because he was on national radio yesterday saying that people should shop around instead of complaining about the rising cost of uh, living. And like we've been talking about the rising cost of living, we've been hearing from people on this programme yesterday and across last week. And that's been reflected, I think, in every radio station and every radio programme across the country. People are really feeling the pinch at the moment. I don't see it as complaining. I think it's people just trying to say this is how bad it is for me at the moment. Anyway, Sean Fleming was on... uh, evening on drive time uh, yesterday on RTE and he says it takes effort to shop and switch and if people make an effort then they could save a lot of money Uh, and I quote this is what he said rather than just complaining on what the government is going to do for me you could actually have a serious impact on your own finances but he says it involves people having to do some work themselves and I heard him say it and I thought is this guy for real like how out of touch is he and when I think it was just probably that it was yesterday that he made the comments because I was thinking yesterday on the programme we've been talking about we've been talking about Social Justice Ireland and they were coming up with practical ways that the government they weren't complaining but they were giving practical suggestions how the government could help families particularly families who were on fixed income and I was referencing the fact of that woman a single parent who was saying that when she's all of her bills paid there are some weeks when she literally has 10 euro in which to go out to do her shopping for the week to feed herself and her child. 
and no matter how good you are at shopping around and she's obviously really good at balancing her budget and making sure that all of the you know the essential bills are paid that her rent is paid that her electricity is paid or if she's heating whatever all, all the bills are paid and then there are some weeks because you know the weeks that the bills come in or something has happened that she weren't that she had, wasn't expecting and suddenly 10 euro as she heads out to the supermarket to try to buy enough food for the week and you're thinking all the shopping around in the world isn't going to make that 10 euro stretch and then only yesterday when we were talking about the cost of living we had a widow who contacted us who said you know she's doing her best living on a very fixed income and she said that there are nights where she goes to bed hungry and it just you know this is 2022 not 1922 you know we had the great depression in the 20s where people went to bed hungry and here we are 100 years later and we're listening to some of our own going to bed hungry just so I think those kind of those people you know they're real people they were going through my head yesterday and then to have this one of our own ministers in the government saying to people you know instead of complaining make an effort to shop around it just really irked me yesterday I really you know that where you want to throw something at the radio I just I just really thought this guy is just you know what land and what world is he living in now obviously a lot of the opposition parties have politicians have jumped straight away on what John Fleming had to, to say and just to give you a sample Labour TD uh, uh, Duncan Smith he said that John Fleming's comments show how divorced from reality the government is. He said this isn't about chopping around to save a few bob here and there. All the heating costs, all the electricity costs, all the utility costs, all the food costs, everything has gone up. And even with all of the utility companies, no matter who your provider is, Duncan Smith is making the point, you still will have uh, in increases. Uh, people before profit, Richard Barrett, said Sean Fleming's comments were absolutely shocking. He said it shows the government on a totally different planet to the one that huge numbers of people in this country are absolutely crucified and impoverished with the rise in the cost of living. Sinn Féin's Pierce Stoherty said the comments were insulting. They were out of touch. He added that Sean Fleming have, uh, and his government have had months to respond to the cost of living crisis facing workers and uh, families. And all of this was coming on the day when the figures were coming out showing the grocery inflation and grocery inflation, which is what we were talking about yesterday. Everyone was talking about, you know, milk has gone up, bread has gone up, butter has gone up. And people were saying, you know, starting to notice individual items have jumped in price. Grocery inflation is at the highest level since October of uh, 2020. And at the same time, there's been a decline in promotions in supermarkets, supermarket promotions where you can try to grab a bargain. They're down 3% compared to January. Now, this is the Kandar survey that comes out that takes a look at all of our shopping habits, our grocery shopping ha- habits. And Emer Healy from Kandar said, we're already seeing the evidence of people starting to shop around to try to find the best price for their weekly shop. And they're doing the very best uh, that they can but, you know, no matter where they go, they're going to see an increase in prices, no matter what shop they decide to shop in. And actually, the Kandar survey is interesting because that shows that families are ditching the branded goods and spending and by, and trying to spend less in order to counter the soaring cost of inflation. And there's a story making the front page of the Irish Daily Mail uh, today, you know, and it talks about... Tesco, Lidl, Aldi, Supervalue, Dunn's, Centra, all their own brands 
they are spiking in sales or people are trying to evade the higher food inflation. It's the highest it's been in some 20 years. Families are switching from everything from crisps to dairy products. They're switching things like milk and bread. They would always have gone for the branded products uh, before. Now they're going for the supermarket own brand in order to try to save money. And actually this supermarket survey that's out now is the one that would have been over Christmas and it's showing even over Christmas when branded foods tend to do better people were still conscious of price and were going for the supermarket owned brand products uh, instead and Consumer Association of Ireland are saying that prices are rising so fast that their annual price survey, you know where they come out with a basket of goods and we normally speak with the Consumer Association when they bring out that survey, they've had to delay it so many times because individual items keep changing in price so quickly so they've had to delay bringing out their annual, you know, how much does your what's in your your basket cost and um, consumer association have as possible solution they say an immediate but temporary cut in the vat rate that would help to soar they kept to curb the soaring uh, prices and they were saying it could be temporary. You know, they did it's something, a little bit like what they did for the tourist industry when they reduced the VAT on the tourist industry to give the tourist sector a bit of a chance. Consumer Association are saying, well, why can't they do that with food items and other items that have VAT? Because there, there would be an immediate knock-on. You'd see the price of items going down in shops. And the price of filling the car now at its highest level since the AA first started their regular surveys of petrol and diesel prices. They started it in 1991 and they're now fearful that the price of a litre of petrol and diesel that you put into your car is getting closer to the two euro mark every day. And somebody yesterday on the programme was saying they're noticing, you know, week on week, if you if you if you do that, if you keep an eye as you're driving past garages, how much is, you know, they, they put up how much the litre for diesel and petrol is, you'll notice it's almost changing every couple of uh, days. Over the past year, from say this time 12 months ago, the increase on a litre of petrol and diesel is about 40%. So it's just, it's you know, it's just getting higher and higher. And then we can have a, a minister coming out saying to people, shop around. Now, I do have to say that he came out, Sean Fleming came out today and said it wasn't his intention to uh, imply that people shouldn't complain. And he has apologised for that, for saying people should stop complaining. Uh, yeah, but you said it and you also said that people should be shopping around and people are trying to shop around. And this is coming from a man who earns, did I did I read somewhere that he earns because he's a junior minister? I think a junior minister, he's on about, it's over 130,000 a year, I think is what his gross total uh, is. So that would work out. I think his net salary is about €1,000 a week is what he will have to play around with and to shop around with every week. Man, you are just out of touch. Your comments and calls are welcome to 0818103103. You can text your WhatsApp to 0862103103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life, and health insurance, cmig.ie. Now, the owner of the family run Gugambara Hotel has expressed dismay and anger over the decision by a board Panola to green light an appeal to build 
a wind farm with turbines which will overshadow the Cork Beauty Spot which is among Ireland's top 10 tourism attractions. Gugambara Hotel owner Neil Lucy uh, joins me. Good morning to you Neil. Good morning Patricia. Uh, you're very welcome. I suppose just to give a bit of background to listeners on this one Cork County Council refused planning and I'm right in saying that the onboard Planola their own inspector also advised against it. That is bang on. That is absolutely correct. Um, what, what, this, is, this, has been going, this has been going on for a, a number of years. Um, originally, back in maybe 20 years ago, there was a, a wind farm here with 50 metre turbines on it. Um, it was lo- located further down. The, it, this is, if you take Gugambara, if you take Gugambara, we'll say the church and the lake and the mountains around it, we'll take Gugambara all as one place, as the majority of people do, not just the island itself, as people would look at Lindelock in the same way. But this location is, is on the entrance on the southern slopes of Gugambara. It is the townlands of Derzani, Kurtloss, and, uh, and, 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 is not exactly in the valley, so we just want to make sure that the people are not upset that it's actually in the valley itself. Um, but what, is, what has happened is, um, 20, 20 years ago, there was another wind farm there, and uh, the council turned it down at the time. Um, only two people went to board Planola at the time, and two of the board Planola members said no at that, or said yes at that time, and, and, and board Planola said agreed to it. That was the original one. The original one said fire to forestry. The original one had, had a lot of problems and uh, was eventually removed a number of years ago. The new plan is to build a larger wind farm with uh, 175 to 178 metre turbines. Now, these are some of the largest structures in the country. If in comparison, say, something like the spire, the spire in Dublin is yeah. 120 metres. The, so it'll be, it'll be bigger than the spire. It's bigger than the spire. So these are huge. But they're also on very elevated ground. Um, so there's seven of them on, on, on the, on the left hand side as you come into Kugambara. Um, we're querying today actually with the topographical stuff where you can actually see one of them to turbine two from the island or not. We, we're actually, that we're going to get a topographical engineer in to look at that for us. Yeah, because, so, because on board Planola say that the project would not seriously injure the residential and visual amenities of the area. Yeah. Are, are they going to hide them? I don't know how, how yeah, where the hell is this going to go? We, as a community, we say no. The, the communities on either side of the passage came and say no. Our, our, our local Christopher, our, our development committee, say no. Um, Cork County Council have uh, said no in the original planning. They even submitted documents to Born Board Planola, which is not a regular thing they would do, and they also strongly advised that this should not go ahead. The onboard Panola's inspector uh, advised that they should not go ahead, um, and the um, the the fault Ireland got involved as well, and they they put in in letters on our behalf, and they advise as well not to go ahead because this is this whole area is an area of scenic beauty. Now we are being lambasted with with, with wind farms and plans for wind farms, but the point that we're trying to make is that if we don't want it. If our communities don't want it, if our council doesn't want it, if 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 if, if representatives of of on board Panola don't want it, how can one small board? I don't even know how many members are on this in Dublin. Say yes. Yeah. What so pa- it's majority what part, versus what part pure no. minority on this. Yeah. What part of no don't you understand? Uh, yeah. I mean, wildlife in the area. Do you think wildlife? Surely, wildlife would be impacted. They, they said, on board Planola said that it's a 628-hectare site and on board Planola actually said in their document that it was, it was no impact on the wildlife that is there because birds in that area don't use that area for nesting. 
Now, it's a whole side of a mountain. It's got forestry, it's got everything. So there there must be wildlife there. Pastor, there must be birds there. Pastor, and, and like Cork County Council, in fairness, when they turned it down, they said that the wind farm would be excessively domineering from many vantage points over a wide area. I mean, this is along the Wild Atlantic Way. And as I said in my introduction, it's one of Ireland's top 10 tourism attractions. Why would you be putting a wind farm anywhere near it? hard to imagine but I suppose what you have as regards as wind quality and it, we're, we, it, is, it, is, it hasn't been taken out of the old um, county development plan which is 2014 so what you have is a site that is in, in I'm looking at term, turbine number two today that's an elevated site that is, that is in excess of 300 metres over sea level um, and we're actually wondering like how we're going to get to the topographical stuff where you can actually see it from but if you can take something over 305 metres and add a turbine of 178 metres to it, you're in excess of 483 metres over sea level. Now, you can see that from a long way away. Yeah, yeah. Stay there because I want to bring in Fianna Fáil, Cork North West, Dáil Deputy Andreas Moynihan, who hopefully is on the other line. I know he's on a train at the moment, but I think our lines are OK. Uh, good morning, Andreas. Good morning, Patricia. And How are you doing? I'm very well. How are you feeling about this decision? Oh, goodness. I think like, like most people locally... Uh, surprise, shock that the board would arrive at such an answer on it. I uh, had a chance to meet with a, a lot of people locally on it there. And like there, the after the county council coming out so strong against it uh, and refusing it and the various different submissions that went in um, on, the, on the appeal, I think people were very surprised that the board would, would not acknowledge the way that Gugan is such a, such a tourist beauty spot and that they would that they would allow such a, a development there I think there, there's such such tourism potential there locally um, right the way from Gugan down the Lee Valley the Gaira uh, Gaelic area as well and you want to be developing that opportunity and showing it off to the whole world um, it's so wonderful and, like, and you're there on the edge of the, the Wild Atlantic Way as well and it's difficult to see how the board would We'll consider a wind farm for that location. Yeah, and and Neil, I was looking, because I know you you put your thoughts up on social media, and I was looking at some (coughs) of the comments. I mean, comments from people, you know, indeed all over the world, people who've got great affinity. And I thought it was lovely to hear people saying, oh, my parents got married there. Or, you know, a lot of people have love this area and want to see it protected for future generations. It's special for for so many. It, It is... It, it, it has always amazed us for that, that Gugan just has such a has such a draw for so many. Um, but the problem in the future is is how do we uh, these, these this this wind farm is going to go ahead at the moment. This is the plan. So there is six more within the Upper Lee Valley as well. But how do we actually just hold the magic of Gugan that it means for so many that very very special place? For example, if we took a photograph of it tomorrow or in in the future in a couple of years time or for fall. Ireland or for tourism Ireland a promotion of it and uh, we sell this lovely valley we sell this church and we take take the picture neat and nice but to actually get in here you have to pass an industrial landscape of, of wind farms mm. so you're taking away that whole magic of the whole area it's, 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 it's gone um, Andreas is there anything for you as a local politician is there anything you can do to get onto on board Planola to say like what are you thinking of here yeah, um, I'm looking at a whole range of different options on it because really it's, it's the, the options for 
for moving it on from here are narrowing down given that the board have approved it. The Kostaporbaha are looking at the option of a, a judicial review and investigating that, whereas I'm inquiring with the county council as well who originally refused it. And are they going to stand over their decision now or are they going to, to challenge it? So I'm inquiring that angle first. But secondly then, also following up with the minister about it uh, to see if the board... Was there any reasonable balancing of tourism policies versus energy policies? So we'll be uh, pursuing the minister on it as well, okay. because you you have to you have to question whether they took the tourism potential of the area into into consideration at all. Yeah, because uh, because Nia, this I mean you know this isn't obviously a heavy a heavily populated area. How does a small rural community afford if you do have to go down the ju- judicial view uh, review way? That's going to come with a cost. Uh, yeah, it's, it's true. Well, what, we're, what we're actually doing first, we, we, our legal team, uh, we work with the Christopher Forbes, so our legal team and the Christopher Forbes together, we're looking at um, the, 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 the reports and the findings of, uh, of the onboard planola. And we're looking at that. So what you have to do is look at that in a legal way. So we've got um, solicitors and barristers on that. The basic costing of that is, is, is €3,000 straight up. Um, and what we've done, we've fundraised in our locality for that, and I'm pretty sure we have that. But the next part then is to prepare that. You have six weeks then to prepare that judicial review for the High Court, and uh, the costing of that is somewhere in the region of 30,000. And then the High Court fees are somewhere in the region of 60,000, 65,000. So in all, you're talking about a 100,000 project. But what we want to look at as well is, is like, we have to get, with what, what we did in social media, what we did in social media was to get an awareness out there of what was actually happening in our area. And it, it, it has a much bigger impact than I thought. And the amount of support we have got back is absolutely incredible. And loads of people said if they want to, if we want to crowdfund, they will support us. Mm. We've had artists on last night from, from, from different musical industries, uh, traditional and everything, and said, we will do concerts for you. If you want demonstrations, we will go out and we will De- demonstrate for you. So there's, there is a lot of support there because and, and I can, it's a national I, issue yeah. for, for many. And I can see even from texts coming in uh, here, Neil, you certainly have the, the local community has a lot of uh, support and that's what a number of people saying, tell them to start uh, uh, crowdfunding. We'll back them 100%. Okay, it's an issue we certainly will return to. Uh, Neil Lucy. Just, just to finish, just before, yeah. just before we go, we won't start a crowdfunding yet until okay. we know that we are going to go to the, on the high court route, just so that we don't confuse anybody okay. well, I think we're okay with, with, with our base money and then if we do we will, we will we'll publicly go on that we just don't want to confuse anyone tomorrow Okay Alright yeah. and, 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 and we'll talk again Neil and Andreas thank you as well for joining us that is uh, Neil Lucy who is the owner of the Gugambara Hotel and also on the line Deputy Andreas Moynihan uh, Fianna Fáil Cork North West Dáil uh, Deputy as I say a lot of people just cannot understand how a decision like this could be made to build any kind of a wind farm anywhere near a beautiful Gugan Barra. Alan says, just a quick one on the wind farm uh, issue. If the locals could prove that hen harriers are nesting in the area, that will put a stop to the erection of those wind turbines. And Mary says, one of the most beautiful and one of the most peaceful and beautiful places in the world where my late husband and I spent many a lovely day together even before we were married uh, way back in 1978. Four years ago, my son and daughter-in-law got engaged there at Gugambara 
and they're married now. Lovely memories of a beautiful spot and uh, people saying, please don't do anything to disturb or destroy that uh, area. And uh, Liz just cannot understand how anyone can make a decision like that. And I, I just think what got to me on this story was the fact that Cork County Council said absolutely no way and very good valid reasons. I mean, I quote a Cork County Council excessively domineering from many vantage points over a wide uh, area. So they're saying no. And then an inspector from Board Panola com- comes, I'm assuming came down and take a look at it. The inspector recommendation was, yeah, Cork County Council are right. And then the board sit down and decide, no, we're going to change our minds and we think it's going to be OK and that it's not going to have, it's not going to in any way, as it, it won't seriously injure residential and visual amenities of the area. Anyway, we'll keep a close eye on this and as more of that story breaks, we'll bring it to you. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. Text WhatsApp 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Now, ways that you can save money, Junior Minister Sean Fleming will be delighted with this because, according to the Irish Independent Mortgage Switching Index, Doddle.ie, thousands of homeowners are unexpectedly eligible for lower mortgage rates. And to explain more, I'm joined, joined from Doddle.ie by their Managing Director Martina Hennessy. Good morning to you Martina. Good morning Tricia. Now is the reason for this down to the surge in house prices? It is in part, Patricia, um, I suppose if we look at double-digit house price increases over the last number of years, it has meant that more people can access lower rates because lenders tier their rates by loan-to-value. So when a first-time buyer originally purchases a property, they generally take 90% finance or have a 10% deposit, and rates are limited at that position. So when you hit 80% loan-to-value, so if you've built up more equity in your home due to the fact that the prices have increased, rates start to reduce substantially. And also, over the last 24 months, rates have dropped considerably. So there's a lot of new fixed rates on market which offer real great value to clients, particularly if their load value is lower. And also green rates. So green rates for your BUR or building energy rating is B3+. plus. There's a lot more rates that have been introduced over the last 24 months. So it's a really good time for people to look to see if they can access a better rate and to lock down a rate when the cost of living is increasing. So how many house owners do you believe could benefit? Um, well, the number of homeowners who took out a mortgage in 2018, 19 and 20 is over 90,000. Wow. So, yeah, yeah. So if you look at all those homeowners and again, the nationwide double digit increase in pro- property prices means that if you, you know, the max you can borrow is 90% finance. So they're, even those customers who have those higher loan to values are now down to 80% loan to value and could access those lower rates. So a huge population. And, and I suppose the population where, you know, your biggest costs are when you take out a mortgage initially, you're trying to settle into your home, you perhaps have family commitments. So it's a really good time to look to see if you can reduce your mortgage interest. So interest adds no value to your mortgage. So the more you can reduce your mortgage interest, reduce your repayment, accelerate the repayment to your mortgage, the more positive it is for your overall household finances. And as you say, we've got low interest rates at the moment, but I mean, there is speculation that interest rates will rise some stage later on this year. Absolutely. I suppose we have the lowest rates that we've had in Ireland for the last 12 to 13 years and there is inflationary pressures. So it is expected that rates will start to increase in the not too distant future. So while rates are low, while loan to values are strong, it's a really good opportunity to look at the market. And if you're locking into a, a fixed rate, generally in the Irish consumers take, t- tend to take rates of two, three or five year fixed rates. But there's some really great seven and 10 year fixed rates and even terms of up to 30 years in terms mm. of fixed rates on, on the market. So it's a good time to just say, 
say, okay, I really want to know what I'm going to be paying over the, over, over the short to medium term and lock down a really good fixed rate while loan to values are low and while rates are low. And roughly how much do you think someone could save? So we do an index at Donald.ie um, on a quarterly basis and we kind of the average mortgage drawdown. So this quarter it was 267,000. If you had a mortgage of 267,000, you could save over 3,000, uh, or sorry, over 4,300 per annum. And that's literally by just reducing your mortgage interest. And again, no value in interest. You have to, if you have a mortgage, be so mindful of the fact that interest has no value. Try and keep your mortgage interest rate as low as possible. And annual mortgage statements are being issued at the moment. And I know when I got mine, I look at it and I say, oh my God, there's still such a balance on it even though no. I'm paying it off so much like, so it's just the power of interest is, is so is so substantial so when you get your mortgage statement don't shred it don't file it look at it say what interest rate am I on what's the balance on my mortgage and if you look at our website at .e, um, we have a mortgage switching calculator or indeed the Consumer Protection Commission also have a, a switching calculator and you can see within two minutes if you can save and you know the savings are in the thousands annually it's so important to review your interest rate because it's your money sometimes as Irish consumers, we nearly think that of our mortgage of like a tax. We just have to pay it. But like everything else in our in our household budgeting, it's an expense, and we analyse every other expense. We're really good at reducing our utilities, at switching our utilities, at reducing our insurance costs. But the big ticket item is always your mortgage. So if you look at what goes out, it's it's mortgage, and if you have kids, it's childcare. So if you can reduce your your mortgage um, repayment on a monthly basis, it has such a positive impact on your overall family finances. But you are right. We certainly are all after getting better at switching uh, utilities and even when the car insurance come in you know uh, contrary to what Sean Fleming thinks we, we like we are good yes. at, at, at shopping around but I think the very thought of switching a mortgage uh, Mar- Martina with people saying oh my god that'll be way too complicated <laughs> and all the paperwork I mean is it a very complicated procedure? You know what? As long as you're supported, um, Patricia, in doing it. So use a broker. So at Donald, we work with eight lenders, as other brokers do. So it's important. Like, I can't do the job of some of my clients. They're nurses or teachers or doctors, whatever it is. But I know I know mortgages inside out. So go to a financial advisor. Go to a mortgage advisor or broker and get the advice you need. There is some paperwork involved. There's documentation that has to be submitted to the lender. But if you look at that relative to the savings, it's so worthwhile. And the other thing is you have control. You have your mortgage. You're just shopping around to get yeah. a better rate. So yeah. nobody's going to take your home off you. There's no risk of that. And, you know, if you do, if you explore whether you can save, if you can, then you should action it. I know it's so easy to say, oh, no, I'll get to it and I'll, I'll look at it next year. But now's the time. Now's the time to really look at it and see what you can do and see how much you can save on your mortgage. Make sure you can pay the lowest rate as possible. Just, you know, it, again, it, it's so worthwhile given the savings that can be made annually. Well, act now before those interest rates go up for sure. OK, listen, uh, Martina, interesting chat. Thank you for that. And thanks, thanks for joining us. Uh, good morning to you. That is Martina Hennessy from Doddle.ie. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. As you can imagine, huge amount of commentary in on the junior minister, Sean Fleming, yesterday saying for, to say to people, stop complaining, even though he has apologised for, for saying that people are complaining. But his point is that uh, people need to shop around. He, he does accept it takes effort. Uh, he was talking about shopping and swi- switching for utilities and health insurance as well. But he's saying everyone needs to make an effort to shop around. And by shopping around, you can save money. John says... Uh, Patricia Sean Fleming's interview yesterday was appalling and it was in 
insulting to people. The man is on a salary of 130k plus tax-free expenses. These people pretend to empathise with pensioners, people on minimum wage, people who are living on social welfare. They would spend what a pensioner has to survive on for a week on a good night out. They have no problem filling their home heating oil or filling up their cars with fuel. They are very far removed from the struggles of most people. That's from uh, John. Um, Hi, uh, Patricia. Sean Fleming earns more in a week than a lot of pensioners have in a month. I really do feel this government is out of uh, touch. What will happen says somebody else to all those people on the breadline when the carbon tax is increased. That's coming in in May. Hi Trish Micheál Martin has says that Sinn Féin if they were to go into power everything would go up. Well all of the other parties seem to be doing a good job of that at the moment themselves. That's from uh, Liam. Uh, Ross says ask that Junior Minister Sean Fleming to survive like that woman you spoke about who it's 10 euro for her shopping instead of his overinflated uh, wage that seems to be an I'm all right Jack mentality. Hi Patricia I was listening to your comments on that councillor. He's not a councillor he's a, a junior minister uh, Sean Fleming but in my view I wonder if he would like to change places with me and decide whether to heat your house or to eat. Maybe he has a nice salary and big bonuses even shopping around will not bring down the cost of uh, food and that's just on and on and on those type of calls and texts goes and then in the midst of all the calls coming in Willie in Formoy has contacted us Hiya Willie You are agreeing in part with Minister Sean Fleming I feel he's very right in what he said Tell me more The cost of food was never as cheap You get a kilo of carrots for 49 cents there's 10 carrots in it You get it a five kilo bag of potatoes for four euro. There's thirty potatoes in it. You get a head of cabbage for forty nine. That's sufficient vegetables for seven people. You get a kilo and a half of ham for twelve fifty. That's sufficient for seven people. So that's seventeen fifty in total for seven people's dinner. Now you could turn around and go out and get whatever the case may be a takeaway. It would cost you ten. It could cost you fifteen. Or you could buy something and cook it yourself. That would you would know how to be in the pan you're cooking it. So I feel fresh Irish food is the best value you can buy. And you're the the offers you're talking about are the offers that are in the supermarket. So it's almost like uh, cha- they're all they're there all day long, every day. Ch- well, chase the offers. I don't know if they're there. They they change. They, they'll change weekly. They change. Or, or but if you're, if you're out there shopping. You know what's going on, and you all you have to do is have common sense to know what's going on. But the basics are going up. Milk is going up. Bread is going up. Butter has gone up. Bread is three euro or ten cents for a good pan of. I bought it this morning. It's three, there's eighteen slices in the pan of. A good pan of bread is still good value. But if you're if you were that woman I was talking about when she's her bills paid some weeks when you know when the extra things come in, and she has ten euro to feed herself and and her child. You're saying that she could go out and buy. She'd still be okay. I think social welfare should look at all her those things and say, right, you have X amount of money every week and you're short. What they should do is, social welfare should say, right, there's money being spent on things that are a luxury item. There's money being spent on things that are too expensive. And they should give them vouchers instead of money. 
But more... Father food. And at the local supermarket, they don't have to travel. It costs money to drive 20 miles into a town or drive here or drive there. Everyone should be shopping within five kilometres of where they live. There should be no one driving. Yeah, but that's okay. Yes. That's okay if within five kilometres you have a large supermarket. If you live in a very rural uh-huh. area, you won't have choice with all of the supermarkets in a rural area. That shop should be within five kilometres of where you live. I'm on the road every morning this week, and there's queues at every side of Cork City. They're from West Cork, they're from East Cork, they're from North Cork. There's queues on the road because it's opened up again. Like, where's everybody going? To work. Sitting in chaos for hours. Yeah, but people are going to work, Willie. That's what. That's why they're out in the morning. I don't think people are travelling around to to go to different shops. They're not going 30 kilometres to do their supermarket Well, I, w- I sat in the care pack of a supermarket this morning in Cork at 10 past 9 and I was packed with people. And the queue of traffic was still there. So I don't understand why people have to drive so far to get messages and to get food. Or vice versa, to have to drive to a restaurant to pick up something to come home. It's cheap if you cook it at home. Sit down and think about it all. That minister was right in what he said yesterday. You have to shop around to get value. Yeah, but I think that I think certainly a lot of our listeners, Willie, are trying to do that. People are trying to get to buy the basics. Now, I do know when I spoke about the Candar survey, which takes a look at people's shopping habits, I do know in, in that they were talking about some people were, and I suppose this goes back to people who are just not able to manage your budget properly. You know, they were talking about people who were putting the ready meals into shopping, you know, the TV dinners, which are A, over expensive, are, are expensive, and B, the nutrition value isn't great in them. But that goes back to people not knowing the basics of how to cook a good dinner. Social welfare should help those people out. And I feel that's the way they can be helped out. Okay, well, all the all the, the research and the surveys are there showing people are switching to the own brand products because they're cheaper. You'd be in favour of that. Would you? Uh, like, is is one brand uh, is good quality food? Well, that's, well, the branded products are always more expensive. I mean, you can get. I mean, you'll find some branded products, and the own brand product is probably made in the very same factory where the where the where the branded one is. But but some people are set in their ways and say, I can only have a, a specific brand. Tea bags is the obvious one. You'll have people who'll say, I could only drink Barry's tea and nothing else. Right, yeah. And they'd be more expensive than, say, a branded, than, than a, an own brand. Well, I, I feel it's good tea. I don't know. Okay. From my point or, of view, I feel, I feel it's good tea. Well, you're, you're, you're saying shop around. You're saying shop around that there's value to be had and that people need to go back to basics in cooking. In cooking the. Cooking. I'll, give you, I'll give you one instance. Last Sunday, I went to collect two dinners to a particular place and there was a queue collecting dinners. So when my turn came, I was late. I was at the back of the queue, and they said, "Sorry, all the lamb is gone. Sorry, all the beef is gone. All the chicken and ham is gone. So all we have left is mince." So I took the mince. So mince plus gravy, vegetables, whatever was in, it, and I took them home. And when I opened the two plates, they were like, "I didn't know it was them." And they cost me sixteen euro each. I'm only saying it. But you, they were all colours inside in the plates. So spices, this, that, and the other, and it cost 16 euros each. And to me, there wasn't three euros of value in, in any of the two plates. That was a, t- was a take away me. People, there was a queue of people collecting that. 
Okay, st- stay there because uh, Joe in Kilmallock wants to get in on this uh, debate. Uh, good morning to you, Joe. Good morning. I'm just listening to Willie there. Willie, you're away, you're away in, in another world. Why? You're away in another world. People are struggling. How about people have to pay for things going to school and pay for buses and pay for everything? The price of oil. Politicians giving themselves massive pay rises. You must be, you must be very close to one of the parties, Willie. Willie? I couldn't have the worst money party, actually. If I told you the amount of times I've voted in my life, you'd be surprised. Well, you see, you're, you're, you're not with us. You're not with you. you. You must be living alone or something like that. If you're living alone, you've been this hard to live. And I, that, I mean, no. the, oil, the, the oil now is going up again. It's going to cost another 19 euros just to fill, to fill the tank. And where's that going to come from? That put uh, Michael Martin is going to put up the, 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 the he's not going to bring down the ice. There's going to be more of that than that. Carbon tax is going up. Carbon in, tax. Uh, yeah. More carbon tax. He's not going to drop it. The only way that the politicians will drop anything is people power. And that's for people to go out and march. And it looks like uh, since the lockdown, the Irish people, that we are like lambs going to slaughter. We're keeping our mouths shut. Well, when the PUP was being paid out, there was no talk. And it was grand. Well, yeah, but like, his payback like time, whether we like it or not. Let me say this to you. During the lockdown, everyone was entitled to 350 euros. The old age pension has got five euros after two years from Fianna Fáil and Fianna Gael. And, of course, the Greens prostituted themselves to get a minister's job. And that's what, that's what it's all about, keeping the Greens in government. And the five euro that went across social welfare didn't go very far. We still should have enough to live on it, you know. Yeah, but you know, but but you're missing the point, Willie. It's enough Willie, to live on. Willie, you're not bitter at all. You must be a farmer, or you must be a rich man, or something. It's enough to live on unless an unforeseen bill arrives. Or I mean, people's electricity bills are starting to drop, and they've gone hugely up. I mean, if somebody's living on a very fixed budget, how are they going to come up with the money? The only way they can save then is to save on the food. And I go back to that right. woman. You have to be extremely careful. Yeah, but, but, but really, people are being extremely careful. People are literally putting a fiver away every week, a tenner away for this, trying to do whatever. I mean, I, I, I see a text coming in from a woman who needs a new pair of shoes. And she said, if I go out and buy a new pair of shoes, it has to come out of the money that I feed myself with. And so, what about the property tax? People have to pay, pay the property tax as well. That's another tax that's been the fall. Uh, that's been the Gale and the Labour Party brought in with Brendan Howland. Yeah, people are, people are struggling. People are struggling. Listen, we, we won't solve it here, but thank you both, uh, gentlemen, uh, for your uh, comments. Willie in Yall and uh, also um, Joe in uh, Kilmallock. Uh, shopping around, Willie says, you know, start by. And I do think people are buying the offers. I mean, I genuinely do think that nobody is going deliberately out to buy the most expensive items inside in the supermarket. But if you're on a fixed income, it really, really is uh, difficult. Uh, James says the USC charge was brought in. Why don't they even knock that out temporarily? Well, it looks like taxes are not going to be, are certainly not going to be uh, touched. Angela Inclanakilty says she didn't see a lot wrong with Dep- Dep- Minister Sean Fleming and what he was saying. She said everybody's talking about this, but nobody's doing anything. We're talking about it, but what are we actually doing? Commentators are telling us what we all know that inflation is high. Words are no good. Why are people complaining? Uh, but why, why, 
why are people complaining but people need to still do something I, I'm losing your argument Angela I don't know what, what, you, what, what you think needs to be done anyway there are some of your calls and comments coming in can somebody give advice to a listener who's trying to get back to the workplace Margaret has contacted us from Mallow she's trying to get back to the workplace now she says she hasn't worked for 30 years because she's been at home well you've been working at home hard Margaret she's been raising uh, the family but she would really would love to get back to work now kind of part time she'd be interested in maybe doing some kind of a cleaning job but she says anywhere she goes when people hear that she hasn't worked for 30 years people are saying to her, oh you need to have an up to date CV she says she hasn't a clue how to put a CV together and she's wondering is there anywhere in the, anyone in the Mallow area who could offer advice on where she could do a course or anywhere where she could go that would help her put a CV together because believe me Margaret if you've been working in the home for the last 30 years you have a lot of experience behind you but it's the way of putting that into a CV so can anybody offer Margaret advice please on trying to get back into the workplace after 30 years she's in the Mallow uh, area 0818 103 103 text or WhatsApp 0862 103 103 C103 Jobs Bar staff are required this is for Skibbereen Golf Club you need to email pro at skibgolf.com Onions Garage in Coolmaine in Bantry they're looking for a qualified mechanic that's for part time work call Mike on 087 9460 Carpenters are wanted for the Rochestown area. CVs to jobs at hamiltonfrench.com and the Laurel Inn Foundation. They're recruiting a regional hub team leader with experience in children's palliative care and it's for their services here in Cork. You can get details on the Laurel Inn Foundation website. You'll find all the details and many more job opportunities by going online now. Just go to c103.ie forward slash jobs for more. This is C103. Court today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale. Now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. I will get back to there's a lot of commentary coming in. Uh, Willie and y'all has upset and annoyed a lot of people. I'm not ignoring your comments. I will get back to them because, but I want to just move on for a moment because concerns have been raised that young women could be vulnerable to to financial abuse from violent partners after it emerged that more than a fifth of women aged 18 to 34 do not have control over their money. To discuss research by the Banking and Payments Federation I'm joined by Louise O'Mahony who is Head of Sustainable Banking. Uh, Good morning to you Louise. Good morning. And and you're you're very welcome to the programme. Now not having control of your finances is a form of domestic abuse but do you think for some people and women in particular that they don't realise that it is a form of abuse Yes I think that seems to be the findings we have sorry there's an echo on the line there um, yes the, our experience is and having talked to women's age who have given us great insights into what it feels like to be somebody subject to coercive control it would seem to be the case that um, you don't often realise the person who might have been in the situation for quite a number of years and it might have evolved over time. So they kind of accept that the other person has control of big decisions such as money. So I would like to be clear that while our findings are quite stark, that 22% of younger women, those under 34, said they don't have control over their financial affairs, which is twice the total amount of 11%. We're not saying that all of them are subject to domestic abuse. We're just flagging, you know, that for people who um, 
don't have control of their financial abuse. There's no doubt from the experience of our frontline staff and from talking to experts like Women's Aid that some of that is because somebody close to them has taken control of their money. And losing access to your finances can really isolate somebody, can't it? It isolates them and it stops them moving on, actually, because they can't, if they can't access their own money, if they have to account for every penny they spend, how can they plan to to move away, to protect their children in some way? So what we're trying to do with, with frontline staff and banks is if they can help, they will. And we want a message to go out to women and men who could be subject to domestic abuse who might not, might, might not have realised that the bank might be able to help them. Women's Aid have really helped us understand that when a person picks up the phone um, or goes into a branch or whatever it might be, just even mentioning it is very, very difficult. Um, so it's all about frontline staff being empathetic, sort of saying to them, do you think there might be something else going on here? You know, but only going as far as the customer wants to go because we don't want to do anything that would jeopardise that person as well. So to kind of listen to the customer, like little things they can do, like, you know, put them in touch with um, maybe the vulnerable customer champion in the bank who would have a bit more experience and a bit more expertise um, or even things like delaying a decision, you know, where frontline staff will say people coming in looking to get loans, like a couple, the loan's been taken out in the woman's name, but she doesn't do any talking. So you might try and create a space there. You might try and delay the decision. You know, you might try to speak to the woman by herself. Yeah, I heard of a couple, I think it was one of the examples that were cited, you know, going in, the woman was looking for a loan and when the person in the bank was asking her what was the loan for, she had to look to the husband for him to answer because she obviously had, had, hadn't a clue. And the danger there, Louise, someone could end up forced into debt, taking out a loan that they never wanted or never even accessed. Yes, yes. The banks talk about coerced debt, which isn't something that was on my radar at all, where they may not even realise, the woman may not realise that a loan's been taken out in her account, on her account until they get notification because they're in arrears. Um, or else they do know and they've signed for the loan, but they're too afraid to say anything or do anything about it. So when you go into your your bank or you call the bank, they can give you all the information you might need about the loan because you may not have realised and, and put you in touch with debt management teams, you know, to help you sort that out. Yeah, and, and, and obviously now you're, you're trying to make people working in financial institutes, institutions aware of this for them to look out for warning signs. Yeah, I would say the initiative came from frontline staff saying, I want to do the right thing. What is the right thing? And we just, I'm just actually off um, a sort of an awareness raising session that Women's Aid did with our frontline staff couldn't get over. There was like 400 people on the call looking to know how do I identify somebody? What do I say? How do I approach it? Some people will come in. You want to encourage what they call disclosure. But some, so some people might come in and be saying, look, can you help me? I need, I need to, I have no money of my own despite having a good income. What can I do? Other people, the bank staff might very gently say, you know, I've seen this happen before. You wouldn't think there's a, you know, an issue here that you're not making these decisions. 
And it's very important, and this is purely from women's aid, I understand this, to go only as far as the customer wants you to go. Yeah, because I know over the years I would have spoken with on the programme, Louise, with uh, women who managed to get out of uh, and escape domestic violence. And when you talk to them about how long it went on for, many, many, many of them would say, well, you know, I wanted to get out, but I couldn't because I didn't have any money. I didn't have access to any money. I had no way of getting out. And then that fear factor, particularly if there's children involved, of where do I go if I don't have any money? Whereas at least if you you have control of your own finances. So for anyone, Louise, that is listening, and I'm very conscious because I spoke earlier about that awful programme that was on RT last night so yeah. I'm very aware of uh, people who are suffering at the moment and haven't spoken or told anyone you know if, if people need to reach out if they feel they've lost control of their finances Yes if the, yeah we just wanted to say that you know we banks will try to help you as much as possible um, so if, if you want to contact your bank um, or go into your local branch um, we can do that, but also uh, Women's Aid have a very good um, 24-hour national telephone service. Will I give you that number now? Please do, yeah. It's 1-800-341-900. Okay, and, uh, yeah, that was, and we have the local numbers that we gave out earlier. We'll be giving them out again uh, later on in the programme. Listen, Louise, in the meantime, thank you for that and thanks for joining us on the programme this oh, morning. Thank you. Good morning thank you very to you. Bye-bye, Bye-bye. Uh, Bye-bye. Louise uh, O'Mahony, who is with the Banking and Payments Federation and just financial abuse is something that doesn't, I don't think it gets highlighted that much and of course there's always the danger that if somebody, and it can happen to men as well, but if they start to lose control of their finances, it could be the start of and then could lead to much worse course of control or very severe domestic abuse like what we witnessed and saw on that TV programme uh, last night. So thanks to Louise O'Mahony uh, for that. 0818 103 103. John Paul taking your calls. Just some of the texts I'm just seeing out of the corner of my eye that have coming in reacting to Willie from you all who was on saying to people that uh, we just don't know how to shop properly and we should be out buying the the potatoes and the carrots and the cabbage and the bacon and it'll and I I should have asked him does he mean that we have to have the same meal every day for seven days but he reckons he's agreeing with Sean Fleming that if we all shopped around we'd all be able to save uh, money somebody Ted says I want to know what planet is Willie from y'all uh, on uh, Anne says Patricia Willie sounds like he's in cloud cuckoo land John in Clannacilty says I wonder does Willie get a check in the post every November from Europe no I, I don't know I don't think he's a farmer uh, Patricia that man Willie needs to to wake up. Who would agree with what Sean Fleming said uh, yesterday? He needs to get real with himself. Did not agree with anything that he said. Willie sounds painful. He must be very rich and he doesn't appear to have any pity for anybody uh, else. Donna says, Hi Trish, food will get much more expensive because fertiliser and diesel is gone crazy. If prices don't go up, farmers simply won't be able to keep going. And I mentioned that yesterday as well. Farmers are under immense uh, pressure. Somebody else wants to know what planet is Willie on because it certainly isn't planet Earth. And John in North Cork is another person. He's with Willie on this and says, Minister Sean Fleming is right. People do need to shop around. Nobody talks about the price of drink in this country. If you want to get rid of your money fast, then go to the pub, says John in uh, North Cork. John, we're talking about people who certainly don't go anywhere near the pub. People are struggling that much. That's just a sample 
of some of the many texts that are coming into 0862 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Just taking a look at some of the WhatsApps in uh, before it blows up. Dennis in Oxford uh, said, uh, listen to Willie, I feel he's a bit of a hypocrite. He said in the interview, he sat outside a supermarket in Cork City, even though he comes from Yall. He preaches that nobody should travel more than five kilometres uh, to do their shopping. I think maybe he was at work, will you, Dennis, was he? I'm not uh, too sure. But yeah, I mean, people not travelling more than five kilometres, that's not possible if you live in a rural area. You're not going to have a supermarket and you're certainly not going to have the choice for the shopping around that we're all being told to do. Uh, you have to travel more than five uh, kilometres. In an ideal world, we'd all be within five kilometres of large uh, supermarkets and shops. Uh, Willie was right. Give them a voucher. That will help them. That's from the girls in Mallow. And the dinners have gone up mad in restaurants. It is disgraceful. Uh, well, I think what I think you're picking up Willie wrong. Willie was saying rather than give social welfare, he's saying give people food vouchers so that they can only spend the money on food and on nothing else. Minister Sean Fleming and Willie are right. When your budget is tight, you must shop around, but people just prefer to complain. That is from Dermot. You see, I, I think that's unfair. I don't think people are just complaining for the sake of it. I think people are pointing out rather than complaining the fact that everything is going up. Uh, hi, Patricia. Both myself and my husband are working full time. I certainly can't afford to pay three euro for a slice pan like uh, Willie. Actually, a couple of people are picking up on Willie and three euro ten cent for a good slice pan. I don't know what brand he's, he's buying. Hi, Patricia. If Willie can afford... 16 euro for two dinners. Can I swap in? Comes with him, please. And that comes in from a West Cork listener. Uh, Is Willie having a laugh? There's 30 spuds in the bag for, let's say, a family of six. 15 slices of bread in the loaf for a big family. Is he saying to walk five kilometres to do your shopping? I'm laughing here listening to him. He must be on a lot of money. And excuse my language, but who is that idiot on the radio? Okay, that's just some of the WhatsApps that came in with regard to uh, Willie. In a y'all, Nancy in Bantry said, take him off the airwaves when he's talking about branded own products. They are now nearly as dear as the branded products were. Oh, when you, when you talk about own brand products, Nancy said they're nearly as dear as the own the branded products were two years ago. I see my family with young children are really struggling. And of course, it says Nancy and Bantry, I'm not able to help them out. Mervyn and Bandon says this is on shopping around. If you go to Bandon, as Mervyn does, there can be a difference around the areas in the garages. He's been keeping a close look on the price of petrol and diesel. And he said it can be four cent of a litre in a difference so you really do need to look where you're buying your petrol from you really do need to shop around and that's something we're always saying to people not to be brand loyal we have a tendency to to go to the same garage but it is something that we've been told not to do to, to be careful about brand loyalty particularly when it comes to filling up your car and if you spot it cheaper somewhere and you need petrol diesel at the time we're told to uh, buy it okay this is another this is Willie in Glanmire as opposed to a Willie in Yall <laughs> good morning uh, yeah. hello how are you okay now are you are you yeah. are you on the are you on Willie in Yall side of the fence no, or are you on no. the majority of our listener side of the fence. Uh, yeah, yeah. I, 
I said to John Paul that they're agreeing with a man who has admitted he was wrong. Yeah, he's that's a good point. That's a good yeah. point. Yeah, I mean, what, what world is he in? I mean, when they get inside the gate to Linford House, they lose touch with reality. He's not the first one, you know. Actually, can I say another thing? And it's John Paul has dug this out for me. Seemingly during the interview yesterday when Sean Fleming was asked, well, you know, how much are you earning a week? And he said his net take-home pay, he has a thousand euro a week is yeah. what his net take-home pay is. If you go on to the tax breakdown.ie, he's on 130,000. That's what he earns. His net income is is over 74,000. So that's about 1,400 and, a week. So he even has his figures wrong on how much he then, gets then, a week. And on top of that, Patricia, he's a, what you call an all-expenses-paid job. That's true. That he doesn't, that he doesn't even have to submit uh, receipts. You know. But is that the problem? Are they just, are the government, not just not just Sean Fleming on his own, but the entire government, yeah. are they out of touch? Do they, oh, you know, yeah. I'm think, yeah. again, I keep thinking of the woman who has the 10 euro to go out and try and do yeah. a food shop for herself. And I'm thinking of the widow that contacted us. Oh, yes. yeah. Goes to bed yeah. hungry, Willie, in this day and age. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I, I mean, I, 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 no, I don't want to go, I'm local here, so I don't want to go. <laughs> but I know people who are just, you know, in desperation. You know, I, I, it is. I, I tell you, and I say, he, he's not the first. Remember remember Bertie, when, when he was being born about the Celtic Tiger, he told people, go away and commit suicide. Like, you're, you're mad, like, you know. Yeah, remember that? Yeah, he did apologise. And Charlie that, McCreevy yeah. told them they yeah. were all pinkos. And, you know, the, and then the same men, they're so greedy. I mean, when you think back of the, the people, they could never get enough. Like Ivor Kelly, and he's claiming expenses to come from Bantry to, to the doll. I and mean, he in Dublin all along. Oh, yeah. 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 And we and had, then, we had was, was it Eamon Ryan? It was somebody from the Greens telling us to grow lettuce in our window boxes. <laughs> Oh, sorry, no. Eamon Ryan, he comes across there as being so smug. <laughs> when he, he, he really gets under my skin. Does you know, he knows it all. Like. Well, yeah, <laughs> he, just, he hasn't been outside the pale, I'd say. It's just, I, I think Willie in, in <laughs> Willie and you all, I think, has upset people because, you know, and he's, you know, he's right. If you do shop around, you will get a kilo of carrots for 49 cent or cabbage for 49 cent. Or they, and yeah. if, if you do shop around, but... but it, not everyone's able to but do that. That's why I said to John Paul, like if you were on crutches or on sticks or maybe a mobile or you know you're out in the middle of the country somewhere and you can only get to a shop once a week, and you do, you know, maybe you're, you're near a shop, you might you might have only one shop and you might have no choice. You know. Yeah, and then if you are saying to people to shop around, you're asking people to get into their cars and drive around. Sure, they can't afford that if they haven't got the petrol, this is, petrol lot, in their car. A lot, a lot of people haven't cars. I mean, you know, like I was just thinking the other day that if you're, I'm from Bentley, if you're living in Bentley and you didn't have a car and you wanted to get to Skibbereen, yeah. you'd have to come up to Bendon and change there and get the bus, you know. <laughs> and it's only about 10 miles to the cross place. <laughs> it, make, it makes no sense. All right. Yeah, no, no. All sorry. right, listen, thanks for that. Look God after is. yourself. Uh, look after yourself. That is uh, Willie in uh, Glanmire. Somebody has a tip when we're trying to do what uh, Sean Fleming is telling us and uh, shop around and try to get the best bang for our buck. Here's a tip from somebody on tea bags. when I mentioned Barry's tea bags, just a tip for saving some money. I purchased 600 tea bag size 
600 tea bags of Barry's. I bought them in my local hardware shop recently and got them for €21 Euro for 600 tea bags. If you're to buy a packet of 160 tea bags in the supermarket, it costs around €7. Euro. So that's bulk buying. You can always save on bulk uh, buying. And I was listening to Willie on his, that's from Mary. Thank you for that, Mary. Listening to Willie saying he pays €3.10 for a decent slice pan. You could get five slice pans for that in uh, Little with the own brand uh, product. And I always tell my famous story on slice pans. Uh, Many, many moons ago, a family member of mine was working in a bakery and I won't, it's not here in Corks, but I won't name the bakery, uh, well-known bakery. And they, uh, on a Friday, he was a baker and on a Friday as a kind of an extra job, he used to deliver bread. It was the only day he used to deliver the bread. But this particular bakery used to bake the own brand bread for Dunn stores. And when he was delivering the bread on a Friday, he had to go in through the front door when he was delivering the branded bread, which was obviously more expensive than the Dunn's bread and then he used to have to go in through the back door in which to put in the own brand uh, bread. Now he said the bread came for the very same batch that was baked it was just the wrapper was put on differently and he said he was in there one day and there was a woman in, in the, he delivered the own brand first and there was a woman and she'd almost you know, she'd about eight sliced pans of the own brand and then in he comes and uh, she says oh I'm waiting for the branded bread. She said, my husband won't eat anything else. And he said, you have a lot of the own brand. She said, I should I run a B&B. <laughs> the old brand is for the customers coming into the B&B, but my husband won't eat anything but the branded bread. And the branded one was nearly double in price at the time. And that family member of mine went away with a smug smile on his face saying she hasn't a clue that it is the very same uh, bread. Uh, hi, Dennis says, Patricia, I really miss the 14 cent packet of noodles from Aldi or Lidl. I wonder whatever happened to them. 14 cent for a packet of uh, noodles and that's what a lot of people uh, are living on uh, as well. I don't know where they're gone. Has anybody, have they just gone up in price? Are they completely off the market? I don't know, Dennis, if anybody has spotted uh, those. Okay, traders on North Main Street in Cork City say anything that improves the landscape in their area is welcome. Four derelict buildings on the street near, near the junction with Castle Street are to be acquired by Cork City Council. So that certainly is some good news for the traders there. It's been reported that on board Panola approved the compulsory acquisition of number 62 through to 65 on North Main Street in Cork City. Those traders uh, told our own news reporter Mairead Tuick that it was welcome news for the uh, street. We say North Main Street. We would be delighted to see those buildings being looked after. Uh, Many, many years looking at them in dereliction and Anything at all that improves the area, we'd be totally looking forward to seeing that. How's the trading been post-COVID for you? Uh, COVID, um, like funnily enough, the street is quite busy. Uh, during COVID, I think we had most shops open in the city in a street, which is great. Um, so like, it just shows that this, the businesses that are here are necessary for people to be, to be <laughs> and people like supporting us still. So we're very positive, you know, we always have been. Keep working away. Keep making it happen. Patrick, leader of the North Main Street Traders Association. That's good news. And now it's a chance for getting the buildings developed and adding more retail into the street and having a better appearance of the street in general. The buildings are one of the first you see for approaching from the Castle Street side. So from that point of view, if the buildings are redone and made into a good condition, 
it's a boost for the whole street. Post-COVID business has been not too bad, in fairness, because we have the online presence as well as footfall, so we're getting from both sides. My name is Gabriella O'Reilly. I work in MAD on North Main Street. I think it's really good because the street kind of does look a bit run down. So as long as they're able to kind of freshen it up and make it look better without getting rid of, like, the historical kind of elements of it, then I'm completely down for it. It's busy enough. Like, some days it's less busy than we'd want it to be, but it's pretty, it's doing pretty good. All right, thanks you too, Murray, there for going out and speaking to some of those traders. Actually, John Paul gave me some photographs of uh, North Main Street and just some of the derelict buildings. I mean, I'm looking at one and you can actually see a tree is growing out of the side of the building and how businesses are expected to operate beside derelict buildings like that. But also looking at some of them are very large, big buildings. You're just thinking if they could be done up upstairs above them, people would have lived in those apartments or how it would have, they would have been family homes over the years and you could completely regenerate the centre of the city by making it into both retail and make it into uh, residential. So a little bit of good news and well done to our board Planola for approving the compulsory acquisitions of number 62 through 265 on North Main Street. You're listening to Cork Today on Replay. Phone and text lines are currently closed. This made me smile from our political reporter, Sean Defoe, the junior minister, Sean Fleming, who we've been discussing this morning. He's been compared to Marie Antoinette by the Social Democrats after his Ask Not What Your Country Can Do For You uh, intervention. Yeah, and the Marie Antoinette reference, obviously, during the French Revolution, when it was put to her that her people were starving and they didn't have any money for bread and they didn't have any bread to keep themselves fed. She said, let them eat cake. And... uh, he has been likened uh, to Dan in Ballinasset. Just let me quickly fly through just some because I'm, I always appreciate people take time either to call us or to text or WhatsApp and we do our best to try to get through, especially on very busy days like today, to get through as many of them as uh, possible. Still having people reacting to Willie and y'all who were saying we all need to budget better and we need to look what we're buying in the super, supermarket uh, Dan and Ballon Hasek says was Willie a way out of earth as everybody knows the costs are going up if Willie was living on 20,000 euro a week 20,000 euro a year is that meant to be and had a child for First Holy Communion and paying for school uh, transport also you've got Robert Watts the head in the Department of Health it's been said he's going to sit in on the pay talks with the unions if so how is that fair considering his own uh, wages on the matter some John in Cove said I'd like to know where Willie shops as I don't see those prices that he mentioned today meat in supermarkets has all gone up but also John in Cove is making the point when you are buying meat in supermarkets particularly if it's cheaper meat you need to check where the meat is coming from not all of the meat is Irish people need to read labels but I think with people trying to balance a budget and trying to get their best bang for their buck I think that goes out the door much as I'm a fantastic advocate for shopping locally and trying to get people to buy Irish but I think if you're trying to put food on a table to feed a hungry family the last thing you're looking at is where the food is actually coming from Patsy says I've I've been a a voter of Fianna Fáil all my life but I'm not sure about them anymore I really do feel they are out of touch with the people and listening to what Sean Fleming the junior minister with Fianna Fáil and what he said yesterday I feel that they're losing the people and at the next election my fears is they'll go the way of the PDs Patsy's also questioning Sean Fleming in that interview saying his salary was a thousand euro it is more a thousand euro a week is what he has net it's more like one thousand five hundred a euro
And there's another one up here. If I just keep scrolling down. Um, no, there isn't. Sorry, I thought that was the last one. OK, there was one actually on uh, Gugan Barra that I wanted to give a mention to. Jerry in Kilkeel was on when we were discussing. Of course, we've also been discussing Gugan Barra and the wind turbines. Jerry says, I thought when wind turbines were planned in most places, particularly areas like West Cork, South Kerry, that the scenic land- landscape was very much taken into account and that those areas were excluded and they were zoned off so that you could never have wind turbines located uh, in them. Uh, was that Jerry and Kale Kale reckons there was some agreement back in 2009 and he now wonders listening to what they've planned for Gugambara. Is that agreement gone? I'm not I'm not too sure, but on board Pranola have ruled that it is OK. OK, angry from Bantry is how this one is signed. Dear Patricia, things can't carry on as they are. For pity's sake, we're living in the 21st century, not the 19th century. Every man, woman and child should be entitled to a decent standard of living. Your man, offsets Willie, said earlier, shop around, scrape around. Sure, what will we be next? Groveling about in skips? It seems this government, like any other, if there's a problem, sure, we'll tax it. Carbon tax. I can put money onto these, they could put money onto these huge multinational companies who are creating at the end of the day the majority of these gigantic carbon footprints and they're not paying their fair whack in tax, not for sure. No, as usual, let the people who can't afford it pay it. It's about time we all stood together and said that enough is enough because... We've all had enough. And that is signed angry from uh, Bantry. Hi, Patricia. I think the government should be put living on the state pension for one month. This is every member of the government. And then they would have first-hand experience of what it's like to live and pay all of your bills. I live on my visa card every month just to try and pay the bills. I haven't bought clothes. haven't been clothes shopping in at least five years. I don't buy perfume. I don't buy any cosmetics. I simply can't afford it. I now can't afford to go dancing anymore. I can't afford to renovate my house, which, by the way, is in need of repair. As a very outgoing, happy person, I find myself getting very down and I was used to working with people and speaking to people every day. Now I seem to be stuck in the house all day, having the money to go anywhere, having the money to buy paint, having the money to buy people to do the repairs I can't, that I can't do myself. I would love to have a part-time job and earn money to pay for these uh, things. Willie, who spoke with you earlier, hasn't got a clue. To me, he came across as a selfish, bitter person and that's from uh, Anne. And, you know, look around. There may be a little part-time job that you might be able to, to get. We're hearing that there is a shortage of workers. So if you feel that you're able for it, I'd be looking out. You might you might see something. And just on the 14 cent noodles that somebody said, where are they gone? Somebody missing them and relying on the 14 cent noodles. Mary said they're gone off the market at the moment. These were the ones that were on sale in Aldi and uh, Lidl. She doesn't know when they're coming back, but she has inquired about them as well. And obviously they are a stable that people are missing because I've seen a couple of texts come in about those 14 cent uh, noodles and people were relying on them in order to put food in their bellies. And this is a text that says sent with loud effect so if I could shout it I think this is what this person wants me to do the government have become so angry and so out of touch with the people whom they serve serve. it's actually beyond belief they're just pandering to big businesses and they appear to be looking after their wealthy friends and cohorts the cost of living fuel, heating and every other I can't say that 
curse word on air, made up taxes we have to pay on top of the cost of everything else going up. The universal social charge tax, which was introduced in the so-called financial crash, was never returned to us like it was promised it would be. Our children are being corralled into this, paying of enormous rents to wealthy landlords and subsequently being unable to save for their own homes as a result. The pretense of a Green government going to foist a further carbon tax on us later this year and can I stop you and say it isn't even later this year it's in May Um, I tell you now I am beyond angry and something needs to be done about uh, it Thank you for your text in relation to the five euro increase in social welfare. I'm in half care as I didn't even get that five euro. I got two euro uh, fifty. And hi, Patricia. I was listening with interest to Willie from y'all talking on the programme. He said he was wondering where all the traffic was on the road. And you made the point that's people back to work. Willie never said where he was going. I think he was out about working. I think that's what it was. Hi, Patricia. Yesterday at noon, petrol in my local town was one euro seventy. Uh, that was at noon yesterday. At five o'clock, I was out again and it had gone up to one euro seventy four cents. That's in one day. That's from Pat. OK, thank you for that. OK, that's just, as I say, a sample of many calls and texts coming in. Can I lighten the load a little bit? And particularly for any families out there with young children, we've got some nice giveaways. I need to double check. Have I eight of these to give away, John Paul? OK, so we're going to look for eight winners. Uh, today is Cyber Safety Internet Day. And teachers, seemingly, and I heard this on the news with Barry, are appealing to parents to try to clamp down on young children's online activity because they are catching preteens, preteens engaging in cyberbullying and even racial abuse of their peers. And the teachers are making the point that parents need to act because a lot of this abuse is happening outside of school hours and they're only hearing about it secondhand. And it's often days and weeks after the abuse have taken place. I know we're hoping to do something uh, on Safety Internet today with safe um, kids, cyber safe kids, because they they have a really good survey. I think we're getting to that tomorrow. I know John Paul was working on that in the the office. But anyway, to acknowledge the fact that it is Cyber Safety Day, our good friends at Health and Safety Publications, they are a publishing company here in Mallow. They produce these children's safety series. These are the Sam and Sue books and they are just so the colour that pops out of these books are absolutely beautiful. I think it was last year their latest book was Sam and Sue Learn All About Cyber Safety. And it's the kind of book you'd sit down and you'd read with your children or when children are starting to read looking at the words they probably would be able to read it themselves. But it's basically got it's you know it's got tips for parents and children what you need to do. We don't, we need to keep our children safe. They do like stranger danger books and that but this one is on the cyber safety and we need to keep ourselves safe. So this is a book that you sit down you read with your family and it just shows, just trying to get the message through to children if they are online, how they need to stay, stay safe. And as I say, there's discussion points for parents and for teachers. And we have, they've kindly dropped us in to the radio station, eight copies of the Sam and Sue Learn About Cyber Safety to acknowledge the fact that it is Safe Cyber Day. If you would like to win one of those, and we're going to do it by text and WhatsApp only because the phone lines have been absolutely manic uh, today and I'm not putting additional pressure on John Paul to take calls on this. So I wanted to text Sam and Sue 
along with your name and address please and you can text our WhatsApp to 0862 103 103 and we'll leave it open for about 10 minutes and then I'll let John Paul select our eight winners for today and we'll pop a Sam and Sue learn about cyber safety into the post for you but again with any of these books only if you have a young child I would say kind of under 10 year olds I imagine is who this book is uh, looking at it that's the kind of the age group please only enter if you have children in the house or maybe grandchildren or you have nieces or nephews that you could pass it on to because I want the books to get to people who really benefit from it. So Sam and Sue, text that please or WhatsApp it uh, along with your name and address to 0862103103 and once again our thanks to Health and Safety Publishers based in Mallow for kindly passing on copies of the book to us which was written by child psychologist Anne uh, Lenahan. Books by the way if you're not lucky enough to win one of them they are retailing 7.99 each and the books can be purchased online at www.samandsue.com and I've also spotted them in local bookshops because they really stand out on the shelf as well because of the bright uh, colours uh, in them. Get uh, texting on that 0862 103 103. The C103 Cork Diary. With Cork County Council where communities and businesses all across the county can get the support they need at corkcoco.ie. Now we're calling people interested in participating in a course to make their community a smarter and a better place in which to live and work. IRD Dohalo are delivering a course to give you the knowledge and the skills to make your community better. If you're from Baltier, Dunamore or Knocknagree, please contact Trina Dennehy on 029 or you can email Dohalo at ird.com to apply for a place. They welcome people of all ages, especially looking for young people to please get involved course is free of charge and that's thanks to leader funding. Bingo is back at Sarsfields Hurling Cup in Glamire. Bingo tonight at 8 o'clock and books are now on sale in local outlets for the Kildallery Home Bingo. That's continuing. They've got a snowball prize this week of €600. And on Sunday next, the 13th of February, the eve of St. Valentine's Day, may I point out, the Presentation Pastoral Centre in Donnerell are hosting a Reconnect Coffee Morning. It's a great chance to go along and enjoy some home baking and a cup of tea or coffee and have a chat with old friends. Isn't that a wonderful idea? Or you can go along and make new ones. The Coffee Morning will run from 11am to 1pm next uh, Sunday in the Presentation Pastoral Centre in Donnerell and donations can be made to help with the hard work of the centre. Cork Today on C103. With Sean Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. For motor, home, business, farm, life and health insurance, cmig.ie. This is the Cork Today replay on C103. I was watching the news the other night and who should pop up only the Bishop of Cork, Cloyne and Ross Paul Colton seeking information on the history of St Anne's Church in Shandon. So I had to find out more. So we've invited Bishop Paul Colton to join us uh, this afternoon. Good afternoon to you, Bishop. Good afternoon, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well and it's great to uh, chat to you. You're calling it the Shandon Mystery. You're trying to find out when the church was built and consecrated. And the obvious one, are there no records available? Well, you know, as my son said to me, how on earth do you not know when the church was built? And the reason is, as you, as you rightly point out, the records were destroyed in the fire in the public records office in 100 years ago, in June uh, 1922. So 
So when uh, the parishioners came along to me and said, don't forget now, Bishop, next year we'll be celebrating our 300th. You'll have to come along and we'll have to do some special things. And, of course, naturally I said, well, what's the date? And the answer was, well, we don't actually know. And you're sh- But it definitely is 300. Could it be even more? Um, it could be more, it could be less, but everybody accepts really uh, that 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 uh, that this is the symbolic year. What okay. we really want to know, though, is the exact date, whether it was they started building it this year or whether they finished it. And you get different answers depending on who you ask or what books you read. That's part of the mystery, you see. Because uh, if you read one book, it says that it was actually completed in 1720, which means we're two years too late. <laughs> if you read another book, it says that it was finished in 1722, which means we're bang on. Right. And if you read another book, it says that the building happened between 1722 and 1729, which means we're seven years too early. Yeah, it could But uh, any excuse for the celebration, yeah, we'll and we're going it. to go with this yeah, year. Yeah, we'll take it. They went with the they went with 1972 for the 250th. So we'll take our lead from that. Because someone is making the point: is there no foundation stone that surely would have a date on it? No, a good point. We looked for that too, and you know, usually there's a foundation stone on the northeast corner of a building, and you'd see a date on it. Or uh, don't I know myself when the bishop comes along to open something or to consecrate it? Usually they put up a bit of a plaque on the wall that'll give you a date, but the neither of those. We looked at some of the inscriptions on the silver. So, for example, last Sunday when I was there, I used a chalice that had 1627 on it. But when I looked more carefully, it was from St. Mary's Shandon, which was the lower church further down the hill. And then there's a font in the church which has the date 1629 on it. But that too comes from an earlier church. So those are sort of... uh, so that font, yeah, that font got moved from when St. Yeah. Anne's was built. Exactly, exactly. But people are coming forward now, all sorts of people. People are saying, I have a book at home, or my father, my grandfather owned a book. This is what it says in that. Somebody else says, it says in this. So we're trying to piece it together, and we have... Uh, had various uh, people onto it, including the Irish Architectural Archive, the Brilliant. Cork City and County Archives, historians. So there's a very broad range of people now showing interest in solving the Shandon mystery. And would you believe even somebody as far away as Canada already has been in touch? Yeah, and of course that's, because I know you have it up on social media as well. I mean, it can, it can go global and somebody somewhere, it, 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 it is, mystery is a good word to use. It's like a jigsaw. You're going to get all little pieces of information and try and piece them all together. Yeah, I f- somebody said that I need Miss Marple or Hercule <laughs> Poirot. And of course, it is a detective sort of thing and we're involving school children as well. We're hoping that it won't go on for too long because we want to announce our plans for the year uh, and uh, the years ahead. And we have lots of exciting things um, uh, planned that the parish has and I'm trying to help them because they've no priest of their own there at the moment. So I'm uh, helping them out and we hope that will be solved later in the year as well. Um, But it is, as the the best detectives say, I think we're closing in on an answer. Well done. And obviously celebrations and commemorations, are you aiming for the summertime? 
Well, it's hard to know. We'll go summer and autumn. We'll go for a full year. Sorry. All right, okay. All right. And there, there are lots of others. I mean, it's not just a Church of Ireland thing, as we know. Shandon is Cork. Yeah. And uh, so there are lots of local history groups, the City Council, the City Library. Uh, all sorts of people are interested in doing something to mark this uh, anniversary of Shandon. And I think they're all agreed that whatever the answer is to the mystery that we're going to run with this year. How important has St Anne's been to the people of Cork? But I think it's a very powerful symbol. I mean, it's more than just a parish church that people go to on a Sunday and it's a church that's shared. And then it's a symbol of Cork in a way, in a very powerful way. And that fact, for example, is seen in the number of organisations in the city that uh, that uh, use Shandon in their artwork or in their logos and, and so on. And... Um, you know, it, it, it's the stuff of Cork uh, folklore. It's the stuff of the. It really is at the heart of the story of Cork. You know? Yeah, you, you you see Shandon, and you just you straight away you see the spire, and you straight away know it's it's Cork. Um, and the bells, I believe, are the original bells. Yeah, but they were added later. Oh, okay. They All were right. added later, as was the tower. Now, don't ask me the dates on those. I'm finding it hard enough to get the okay. date of the one thing, but there are dates. There are more specific dates on. Um, but the bells would be there a long time. I mean, is that unusual oh, yes, that they are still the original they're, ones? They're there they're, they're a very long time. And in fact, one of the ideas I have uh, is that uh, on the bells there are different inscriptions. And uh, um, one of the ideas I have is to get uh, well-known people to come along and to give a short talk, uh, a monthly talk. Uh, and the topic that I will give them will be an inscription from each of the bells. Oh, that's clever. That is, that is clever. And the four-faced clock, always telling the wrong time. Have you, have you an explanation for that? Well, I don't. I think it's probably a, a technological thing. But interestingly, you say that because you mentioned the, the television clip the other night. And uh, I looked around and from where I was standing after they filmed the clip, I could see that one of the clocks was the right time and the other face of the clock, the clock had stopped. So <laughs> <laughs> I said to my, and they said, actually, one photographer said to me, do you want to take the picture in a different place mm-hmm. because the clocks are there and they're wrong? I said, no, sure, that's part that's- of the story, too. <laughs> That's part of what we love about um, Shandon. Yeah, because I was reading on on the uh, Owen English had a piece on the Examiner. They reckon it could be it's to do obviously with the mechanisms of the clock, but they reckon it could it could be the effect of wind as well, because obviously wind would be blowing different directions depending on which clock face. Well, actually, that's a good point because it is the one thing that 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 we notice, of course, when you're up under it, it is a very tall tower. And it's very windy up there. You can go up. And uh, so I, I could well believe that, you know. And yeah. as you know, two of the faces are, are white stone and two of the faces are, are red stone in the cork colours, so to speak. So I suppose which way the wind is blowing uh, could affect the different faces of the clock. Is that where the cork colours came from? I don't actually know. Some people say that, but, you know, there, uh, there are other... Uh, there are other um, stories about where those colours came from uh, of much more ancient origin but uh, some some people do say that. It's like anything else there are lots of uh, stories and myths built built up around these icons. The the blood and the bandages was another one wasn't it for the the, the red and white and the four of course four faced clock we have our own famous one in in Shandon but the other one you think of is is Big Ben and the, the Shandon one was there before Big Ben. 
I think that's right. Yeah. I think that's yeah, right. Yeah. I think that's, yeah. Cork is always first off ah, the market. Absolutely, absolutely. So anyone with any bit of information, somebody... Yeah, and there's an email address. I think it's shandron300 at gmail.com. Okay, so people may have had old history books or, you know, remembered a grandparent talking about something. There could be something buried in it. it, it it's got to be. There's got to be information buried in, in history books somewhere. Yeah, exactly. I mean, the, the bottom line is this... Uh, you know, you'd need. We decided to crowdsource the the information because you could spend weeks and weeks doing it yourself, and I didn't have time to do that. No, nor did anybody else in the parish. Yeah, hopefully, and some historians might pick up on it uh, as well. So, listen, how are you doing? Restrictions lifted and all of that. Life getting back to normal for you? Well, I, you were just saying there that uh, you know, with the reopening and so on, the diary is filling up, and Great. there's a backlog of things that are starting up. And I was in Shandon last Sunday, and I'm in Ross Carberry next Sunday. And I was in Mallow the Sunday before. So it's great to be getting out and about properly again. Okay, and com- will confirmations go ahead as normal? Do That's you think? the plan. I've Is set it? the dates. Have you? Okay. The dates are set, and I'm just uh, praying that I had set the dates in 2022, but you know what happened. Yeah, I do. I do indeed. <laughs> okay, so let's hope that they'll go ahead in, exactly. in 2022 and that the sun will be shining on all the kids on confirmation exactly. dates. an important one. Listen, it's a pleasure as always, uh, Bishop Colton. Thanks for that. And Stay thanks, safe. Patricia. Let's try and solve the Shandon Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Best of luck with it. Thanks a million. Thanks a lot. Thanks a million. That's the, the wonderful Bishop Paul uh, Colton. Bishop of Cork, Cloyne and uh, Ross. Shandon300 at gmail.com if anybody thinks they've got any information that they could add to solving the mystery of Shandon and when exactly was St Anne's built and when was it actually consecrated. It would be terrific if they found out the information and that they are right and that this is that, that it was uh, 1722 and that this is the actual year of the 300th uh, anniversary. John Paul, taking your uh, calls to 0818103103. You can text or WhatsApp to 0862103103. Eddie McCroom says he's picking up on Willie in Yall was saying rather than social welfare payments that people should be given food vouchers to make sure that whatever money comes in on social welfare is used for uh, food. And Eddie said in a way he agrees and an example that he remembers from many years ago was when the children's allowance was paid out. Back in the day when children's allowance was still paid out on the first Tuesday of the month child benefit as it's called now but I think it'll always be affectionately referred to as the children's allowance when the mothers used to go actually to the post office to collect the children's allowance. Now it can be paid into uh, bank accounts but there was a time where there'd be a queue outside post offices on children's allowance day with the, with the mams queuing up to get their, their payment. Eddie in McCroom says he used to remember a group of women travelling by bus to uh, McCroom and going out that night because they the women would, would it would be said that they had received their dicky money and he says it would be a big night out children's alliance uh, children's allowance night the first Tuesday of the month would be a big night out for the women I don't know if that's happening today uh, Eddie and he said um, maybe food vouchers would work in some circumstances but how are you going to go down that route how are you going to decide and say oh I don't you don't look like somebody who's going to be good with money so I'm going to give you food vouchers so that you don't waste the money I don't think we, we could ever have a system in place uh, for that 0818103103 text or whatsapp 0862103103 now I can see we are in undated with uh, text for the Sam and Sue so we'll close it off to give John Paul a chance to go 
go through and to select our eight winners. So thank you to everybody who's taken part in that hold tough and we will hopefully call out the eight winners to receive one of the the Salmon Sioux Safety uh, books. Just a couple of texts that came in uh, just before I went into my piece with Bishop uh, Colton on carbon tax. When we're talking about there's going to be an increase in carbon tax in May. Uh, Donna says, how come airlines pay no tax on fuel and jumbo jets can burn 10,000 litres of kerosene per hour? And they are going to put more tax on agri-diesel. If they do increase the tax on agri-diesel donors, guess what that's going to mean? It's going to mean food is going to be even more expensive because the farmer is going to have additional costs. And Micah says, Patricia, how are you doing? I was listening to the debate on Minister Sean Fleming in his comments earlier. I think he should be put on a social welfare payment for six months at least with no access to any other funds from his own vast income. Let's so let's see how he would get on with that. And put in mind of a British comedy series I came across during lockdown. I think it was called No Job for a Lady. In one episode she challenged one of the fat cat politicians from the government side to live for a week on a fixed sum, i.e. as if they were living on social welfare. He became totally pompous, accepted the challenge. He was back the next day looking for his next day allowance, to which she was informed. The allowance you got yesterday was the money that you have for the week. That's what it's like to live on a fixed income. You should have seen his reaction. I think it's called being out of touch with reality. I would suggest we give each of our out of touch ministers a week volunteering with the likes of Katrina Toomey at Cork Penny Dinners to see what kind of circumstances people are in. It should be mandatory for all ministers and poor junior ministers as well, says Michael. Uh, Thank you for that, Michael. Can I just say on just the fact that you've mentioned Katrina Toomey from Cork Penny Dinners, we were to have Katrina join us on the programme today and we were all set up uh, to do it and uh, she had to contact us to say a family has come in and we would never stand in the way of Katrina the great work that she 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 does uh, but she said a family has come in in, in need and she needs to go to them and she needs to help them and it just it kind of got to me God you know um, the family must be really in need and there's Katrina doing the amazing work that she does so she's promised us and please God another emergency won't arise tomorrow for her and she'll be able to talk to us tomorrow because we're bringing her on to talk about the the annual thing that she does for the First Holy Communion dresses and how important that little thing that she does for the First Holy Communion families but it'll be interesting now to talk to her bearing in mind everything we've heard about today and everything we've discussed today because there's a woman who genuinely knows what it's like and is totally How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com.
Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. At the cold face of it. So we'll speak with uh, Katrina tomorrow. 0818 Helen's in McCroom. Oh, this is back to the Shandon mystery. Good afternoon to you, Helen. Hello, Patricia. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. Your uncle ha- made a replica of St. Anne's. That's right, yeah, yeah. And Did the church on the side. Out of matchsticks? Oh, matchsticks, yeah. And um, the cardboard of the matchstick box as well. And how, how how long did that take him to make it? How long did it take him to make it? Um, uh, so, I think he said about three months or something, all right up to the very top, and he's a fish on the top of it. And did he make so it was an exact you'd know looking at it that that was oh, St. Anne's? Yeah. Oh, yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the church designed as well, and he made a caravan with a half the front of it with matchsticks as well. And where is the St. Anne's replica with the matchsticks? I have it. She gave it to me. And is your is your uncle still alive? He is. Oh, he is. Okay. And yes. did did he make other items out of matchsticks? The caravans now with the hearts to the front of it. Yeah. Um, caravans and those now Shandon as well. And he used to um, be collecting in Doyle Square and Patrick Street. He used to push it out on show, and people would of course donate money. And he gave the money then to the Mercy Hospital to the leukemia children. And the Muslim and Mary Montaster. What? What's your uncle's name? Jeremiah O'Hara. What a fantastic man is is Jeremiah. Obviously, a man very gifted with his hands. Was he? Was he a carpenter by profession or something? No, he wasn't. No, 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 never, never done that. But I say he could just turn his hands to anything. He's been saying from last and now in car collection, and he's in he's ninety now. I see. I've like I've heard of people making things out of lollipop sticks. Now, nothing as ornate as something like a replica of St Anne's from Shandon but to do it out of mat- matchsticks and obviously he had to glue every individual matchstick every one yeah and the clock is on there as well they call it the four phase flyer they do that's what we were talking to the bishop about and it is all the, the, the all the clocks are, are a different time will you get us in a picture on whatsapp I will of course 
And would it be okay if we shared it on social media? I'd love people to see it. Oh, that's terrific. And listen, pass on our best wishes to uh, Jeremiah. I'm sure the, the gang at St Anne's, the fact that they're doing the 300 commemoration this year would love uh, to see it as well. That is, is terrific. And are you, are you very careful with it, Helen? Oh, yes. Inside my front room, yes. Yeah. No one touches it. I was just going to say, that none yeah. of the kids over the years were allowed anywhere near that? No, <laughs> not in the door lock. Well done, well done. Listen, thank you for sharing that with us. They call him the matchstick man in Cork. That's, That's what, what they call Jer- Jeremiah, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. All right, so he was, he was known. That's a great talent. It's a great yeah. talent. I'll do that for you, uh, Patricia. Thanks, yeah. and pass on our best wishes to your Uncle Jeremiah as well. Thanks a million, Helen. Thanks for your call. Uh, Bye bye. 0818 103 103. Court today on C103. With John Cusack Insurance's Kinsale, now part of McCarthy Insurance Group. They don't just talk the talk, they walk the walk. CMIG.ie. Just as an aside, when I was looking at the research that has come out from Candor, and they're the company that monitor what we put into our shopping trolleys every week, and they take a look at, you know, how people. how we're sticking with brands, not sticking with brands and, you know, how people are trying to cut down and uh, save money. And that's, they were the ones that came out noticing that people are now moving to own brand labels because obviously they are cheaper. But one thing that was very interesting from their latest survey out that now the restrictions have been lifted and people are going out and about more and we have much more freedom and people are able to meet up and people are able to go out and socialise. They saw a marked increase in the cost, in or not a marked increase, marked increase in the purchase of deodorant sales and men's skincare products. The, in the a busier social calendar has been reflected in people's shopping baskets on the back of our newfound freedom. Sales of deodorant and men's skincare has soared as obviously men and women are trying to smell our best when going out seeing family and friends of the men. Obviously, during the lockdown, must have decided that they didn't need to have so much of the deodorant. Well, the deodorant could be female as well. It's not just just men's. But there was there was a spike in men's skincare products. They suddenly wanted to look well. Talking of people looking well, have people spotted? It's only for the third. I was surprised to hear this. It's only the third time in the history of Angarda Shiakona that the uniform is getting a modern makeover. And the rollout of a new uniform coincides with the 100th anniversary of the creation of the Angarda Shiakona force this year. And there's pictures in all of the papers. And I would describe the new uniform as being a smart, casual look. The new uniform was unveiled yesterday. Now, it dif- differs quite a bit in aesthetic terms from the more formal and traditional uniform that we're used to seeing members of Angarda Shiakona. For example, there's no more navy ties. The shirt and tie is completely gone. And the button-down shirts that they wear, they're, they're all gone. The changes include the introduction of what is called a two-tone soft-shell waterproof jacket. There's a polo shirt, Garda polo shirt, operational trousers, which is, they've been described as cargo trousers. They've got, you know, the big pockets down the side and they're pockets are, are, are going to be great for them to put things in their pockets and they've also been given practical base layers. A spokesperson for Angarda Chiacona yesterday said that the uniform is also genderless. 
So here's a good one. Uh, the Gardaí will also, f- this is for the first time, the Garda Crest is going to be on. I can see the Garda Crest. It's on the jackets and it's also on the polo shirts. And some have pointed out that the uniform shares similarities with police forces in other European countries, while others jokingly remarked on social media that the Gardaí have embraced, embraced the lounge wear trend. Well, I suppose that the two-tone soft shell waterproof jackets, it looks like almost like shell suits, like sort of the, the lounge wear, the track suits that you would get. But it's a very, very different look. And the new uniform was a collaboration. More than 200 Gardaí were asked for their feedback on the development and the design. Now, you'll have some won't like it and you'll have others think are absolutely brilliant. And over the coming weeks, the new uniform now will be delivered to over 13,000 members of Angarda Siakona. So keep a lookout. Over the coming months, you'll see the brand new uniforms out and about. Well, we're talking about the items made from the matchsticks when Helen was telling us about her uncle and making the bells of Shandon out of the matchsticks. Somebody says, Patricia, I made boats and windmills out of matchsticks. An incredible talent. Some amazing pieces are made from little matchsticks. It's mostly a prison thing, says this listener, but a lot do it as a hobby as well. Well, thank you for that. Okay, our congratulations to our winners are Sam and Sue Books of a Time I Do. Margaret Smith in Mill Street. Congratulations, Margaret. James O'Donovan in Dublin Hill. Sharon Higgins in Adrigal. Martina Harrington in Kilmichael. Congratulations to Caroline Vincent in Canturk. Mary Scannell in Kiskame. Sheila Hartnett in Ardgloom in Beira. And our final winner is Vera Ogbomo, who is in McCroom. Congratulations. You keep a lookout for the postman. We'll have a copy of Sam and Sue. Uh, for uh, talking all about cyber safety in the post two year. Once again, our thanks to Health and Safety Publications. Books are available. You can buy them in bookshops. They're also available at Sam and uh, Sue. Uh, dot uh, uh, com. Okay, that's where we wrap it up today. Before I go, Michael says, Patricia, the new guy, the uniform, it's like something out of Star Trek. It's awful, I think, but what a cost. 10 million up front and a further 10 million over the next five years, says Michael. You see, you can't please all of the people all of the time. Thanks to John Paul McNamara, who had a very busy morning this morning. Our apologies if we didn't get to all of your calls and texts. Nick Richards is with you for the afternoon and we will be back to do it all over again tomorrow at 10 o'clock on to the Night Patricia Messenger. A very good afternoon. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win and support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com slash QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at UH1.com.